Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering escapes to the beautiful San Juan Islands this spring. Convenient daily 45-minute flights to San Juan Island, Orcas, and Lopez Islands from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. Pretty monumental news for Seattle sports fans today. After 14 seasons with the Seahawks, including the first Super Bowl trophy in team history, Pete Carroll is out as head coach. The team released a statement from Chair Jody Allen saying Carroll's role will evolve and he will remain with the organization as an advisor. There's going to be a lot of reaction from the sports world today about this, and we'd like to hear from you. What do you think Pete Carroll's biggest legacy will be as head coach of the Seahawks? What direction do you want the Hawks to go under a new coach? Leave us any thoughts, reaction in a voicemail at 206-221-3213. That's 206-221-3213. Or you can email us at soundside at kuow.org. Our philosophy really is what it is. That's not competing. And yeah, we're faced with... Kind of feels like we've been turning into a sports show this week with the Huskies and now this news. I mean, college football is done for another year, and it's time for athletic departments to assess their programs. For one school in particular, that could mean contemplating a really hard decision. Eastern Washington University in Cheney, Washington, about 20 minutes outside of Spokane. It's small, one of the smaller state schools in Washington. About 31% of its population are first-generation students. 37% are students of color. And Eastern is in the red. I'm not just talking about the turf at Roos Field, either. The school had a more than $14 million budget gap in the last fiscal year, and it's expecting another shortfall of around 10 to $13 million next year. That's not exactly surprising for the university. Since 2018, it is estimated that the undergrad headcount has dropped by a third. Three years ago, EWU faculty prepared a report assessing the university's troubled financial position. In December, they presented more findings to the school's board of trustees. Both said the same thing. One of the biggest costs per year is the school's Division I football program. And both recommended downsizing the athletics department as part of a slate of cost-saving measures. But so far, that's been a non-starter with university leadership. To learn more, I sat down with Inlander reporter Samantha Wolfile. She told me more about these reports, which were requested by the university to help chart a path to a balanced budget. They started what they're calling the strategic resource allocation, which is a nice jargony phrase from higher education for all of us. But basically, about a year ago, they tasked both academic programs, the things we think of for universities, and all university services, whether that's dining halls, residences, athletics, with looking at their budgets and seeing which programs might need to change and which ones might need to get cut ultimately. They found some surprising things. Um, Many academic programs actually bring in more money through tuition than they cost to run. Um, And as the faculty have been pointing out for a few years, there are some cost-losing things on the services side, including in athletics. Yeah, big picture. Let's talk about what's going on with those reports. When it comes to athletics, what, what did they find? Yeah, it's really interesting. I was just able to get the actual data that was used for creating those reports, and I've been just now trying to dig into it, so I'm not totally versed in all these different many, many, many files, but essentially for intercollegiate athletics overall, they're looking at about a $5.3 million deficit that they had in 2022 for that fiscal year. 
So they brought in about $3.3 million in revenue, and they had $8.66 million in expenses. So that's a pretty significant deficit for collegiate, intercollegiate athletics. And then when we're looking at football, football is about 56% of the cost of the um, athletics program overall, even though there's 14, I believe there's 14 sports. Uh, so the one sport costs 56% of the overall budget. And for football, they brought in about $1.6 in revenue, and they cost about four point nine million dollars so at least three million or so of that 10 to 12 million that they're looking at for their deficit could be attributed to football so we're talking about eagles football i mean this is a team in the big sky conference it's the way a lot of the united states might even know that eastern washington exists because they see them play on saturday against their big sky competitors um Usually football programs are considered a really important part of campus life and a marketing tool for getting students interested in going to a particular school. What are the recommendations from this report on what to do with the football program? I mean, are we talking about potentially eliminating it? No, I don't think anybody is suggesting eliminating football altogether. Uh, We do have an example of that with Western Washington University more than a decade ago choosing to do that for their program, which is Division II. Um, But in this report, what was recommended is that the program needs to be transformed because they are losing a lot of money. What that transformation looks like is not necessarily stated explicitly, but I think the push from faculty members has definitely been, should we consider dropping from Division I to Division II, which would be more affordable You would still likely have a deficit, but it likely wouldn't lose the school that amount of money. But to your point, there are a lot of students and alumni who push back on that idea pretty strongly because they are very proud of that football program. And there are several students, uh, more than several students have said that they uh, chose to go to Eastern because there was uh, an award-winning football program there. Yeah. And I mean, Cooper Cup, who is playing for the Rams now, wide receiver, graduate of that football program, probably bringing a lot more notoriety to it as well. So what has the response been like from the university leadership, from the president, from the board to a recommendation like, hey, we got to knock our division down one. We got to go from division one to division two, for example. What do they say to that? I think there's a lot of pushback. We haven't necessarily seen them explicitly state that after these reports just came out. But two years ago, almost three years ago now, I guess, um, two and a half, in 2021, the board explicitly voted to remain in Division One after the faculty had asked them to look at the costs of staying in that division or what it might look like to move to Division Two, which would be more similar to Central Washington and Western Washington universities. Uh, the board was very strongly saying at that time, we are dedicated to remaining Division One. How important is this football program to life in Cheney, to the region in general? I mean, are there intangibles here that the leadership and the you know, athletic di- director is going to be talking about to say, hey, sure, we're running a $3.3 million deficit for the football program, but there's a lot more here than just dollars and cents to consider. 
Yeah, I think that they've definitely tried to make the case that this is something that brings pride to students, uh, that gives them a sense of belonging to the school, participating in those activities and seeing other students and having something to root for collectively. I think uh, in America, we we like our football and people like to support that. A lot of the faculty members that I interviewed about this who've been working on this for a few years would say they don't feel like some of those questions have been answered in a way that you can put a dollar amount to. They don't know exactly how many students who aren't in the football program might be going to Eastern because there's a football program there. That's a little hard to figure out. They don't know would our enrollment drop by say 500 students a year if we didn't have that football program as a division one program. And th those are the kind of things that they would like better answers to. Um, you know, what are the benefits financially to the institution? And also how can you put a tangible on those kind of intangible, um, you know, school spirit sentiments? Yeah. So the reports didn't just recommend changes to the football program, right? Or the athletics department, they looked at big cuts in academics. What kinds of academic programs might be on the chopping block if the recommendations were adopted? So on the academic side, in that disinvest group, there were 175 programs selected for disinvestment. Now that's 40% of their overall academic offerings, um, but they only make up about 20% of the academic costs. And a lot of the things that were included in that group, they, they aren't just suggesting, hey, let's totally get rid of music or let's totally get rid of these programs that are often a few students going to a certain uh, master's program, for example. A lot of the suggestions that were in there include where are the efficiencies that we could find? Are there very similar programs? Like I believe a couple of them had to do with teaching mathematics to elementary and secondary education levels. And there's only like one class difference between those two majors. So they're saying, is there any efficiency there where we don't need to have these two separate programs? We could just make it one. Yeah. So when we talk about, OK, the report looks at 40 percent of the school's academic offerings as being selected for disinvestment, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to mean that like whole, you know, areas are eliminated. Do I have that right? Right. And even though these reports called on the two task forces to completely divvy up all their programs into five equal size pools or five equal groups, it doesn't guarantee that the board of trustees or that the president's office, the provost's office will recommend the cuts the way that they are in these reports. Uh, this is more of a guiding document is what I understand. And the, the process to actually eliminate programs takes quite a while. So even if they were to come out the end of this academic year and say, we really think that it's a good idea to look at cutting XYZ programs, that then needs to go through a whole process with the faculty senate and get approved by the union. Um, so it, it would be at least a couple years out, I believe, before we would actually see some of these cuts. What's the feeling as this process unfolds? I mean, these were rank and file faculty members that were tasked with identifying potential cuts. Um, they looked at academic programs. They looked at services. They looked at athletics. Is there a feeling that it's going to end up being academics versus athletics? And, you know, which can make the argument for what's more valuable to the school to stick around? That just doesn't sound like a very healthy approach or process for a university to have to go through. Yeah, I think that's something that 
I would say both groups really want to avoid. I don't think anybody wants to be pitted one against the other. It's definitely come across that way in recent years where certainly some of the faculty who pointed out, hey, should we look at some cuts in athletics? They've all made, at least the ones who I've interviewed, have made clear to me, you know, in no way are we saying athletics is not important at all. We don't support our athletes, our student athletes. They're just saying, as a university, our main priority should be academics, right? We, we are an institution of higher education. We should be investing in and supporting the educational programs that we have here. And if other things might need to be trimmed down, that might be a better place to look for cuts. I think another thing that they're able to actually argue pretty well after this process is how many academic programs are actually profitable, whereas you might think, oh, let's say the philosophy or English department is losing a bunch of money. That that doesn't seem to be the case with a lot of these programs. So they're able to make that case with some of this data that the university provided. Meanwhile, well, some people may think, you know, we're seeing college football programs making more money than ever. And on these big national stages like the, you know, Huskies playing in the national championship on Monday Um, college football in general and athletics in general are not money-making endeavors for the vast majority of schools. Um, In 2019, the median deficit for football programs in the football bowl subdivision was nearly $19 million. I mean, compared to that, Eastern's program is really quite thrifty at running just about a $3.3 million deficit. I mean, I think it's going to come down to, Samantha, this bigger question about the benefits that athletics and football bring to a school beyond the bottom line uh, budget numbers and whether that's enough to overcome this very tough you know, fiscal time when the school is tightening its belts more than ever before. Any more thoughts about how that discussion is going to go? Yeah, I mean, to the point that you just made, I do think it's important to realize or note that across the country, football programs and athletic programs do not tend to make money. There's very few schools anywhere in the country who bring in more money than they spend to keep athletics going. So at that point, I think any university has to make the case, what are the benefits of having these programs? How does this bring attention to our schools? Does this serve as a great marketing tool? Does this help create more well-rounded students who go out into the world after they've been on campus. And those conversations um, were going on well before this process for Eastern, and I think they're going to continue. Yeah, I saw the athletic director call the football program the front porch of the school, which is, you know, obviously he's trying to make the argument that it needs to stay because it's a way that we that the school brings in a lot of interest and and recruitment for students. Um, So now that these reports are out, Samantha, what's the next move for the university or the board of trustees? What are the next steps for looking at which recommendations they're going to accept and where the cuts are going to come? And really fast, if I can go back to what you just said, and then I'll come back to this question and answer it. But the front porch thing just triggered something for me. So this idea of being a front porch for the university is uh, something that's come up quite a bit. And I think one of the points that has been made by faculty asking, and again, nobody's asking to cut football completely. They're saying, should we consider going to Division Two instead of Division One? 
If you look at the schools in the Big Sky Conference, Eastern is competing with mostly schools in other states, whereas if they were to go to, to Vision 2, where they might compete against Central and other schools in our area, the point that faculty are making is most students who go to Eastern are in-state students. If you're looking at this as an advertising tool to bring in students who are already maybe attracted to the idea of applying there, it might make sense to have your athletic program competing more in the areas in Washington, Oregon, California. Yeah, the people who watch Big Sky football on television on Saturday, the vast majority are not potential in-state Eastern Washington students, is what you're saying, the faculty are arguing. Right, or the students who might be at those games are out of state. And you might bring in those more profitable out-of-state tuition students on occasion, but the majority of people who are looking at Eastern as an option for themselves as they're finishing high school are, are students who already live in the state. So what are next steps for the university and the board of trustees here in terms of these recommendations and figuring out where the cuts are going to come, Samantha? Yeah, so through this month, I believe the university is accepting public comment on these reports. And once that process is finished, I think they'll be having some meetings with the community, with the university, and certainly internally to figure out what they need to do next. They know that they've got this deficit for this current fiscal year. When we say fiscal year 2024, we are already in that year. Um, so this is a very pressing matter for them as they look to the future and next academic year to figure out what they need to cut. And I don't think anybody is very excited about having to have those conversations, but um, I'm sure there will be more steps here where the public can comment and follow along. Samantha Wolfile covers the environment, rural communities, and cultural issues for the Inlander. Samantha, thanks very much for being here. Thank you again for having me. We also reached out to Eastern for an interview. They declined. You're listening to Soundside. EW is far from the only college football team running a deficit. When we come back, we're going to dive further into why schools hold on to their athletics programs despite the cost. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Dankman. So far, we've been talking about the rough choices in front of Eastern Washington University as it looks to solve a 10 to $13 million budget deficit. University leadership has fought hard to protect the Division I football team, the Eagles, despite the fact that the program, like the vast majority of university athletics, loses money. And we're staying on the subject of money in college football with my next guest, who argues cutting college athletics is just bad business. Stan Emmert is the director of Sports Enterprise Management at UW-Tacoma's Milgard School of Business. Hi, Stan. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Libby. It's always fun for me to talk about the business of fun, which is sports. So let's start with the basics. I mean, why is college football important to a university? Well, for uh, for years, and, and this is the interesting thing, you will not find a college president or a college development officer who doesn't want sports and particularly football as part of their marketing scheme. Uh, but what's happened over the past decade or so is that it has become so popular uh, primarily because of media. Uh, when you get right down to it, uh, all of the sports that we deal with in our classes, uh, you look towards media revenue first from a professional level. To be honest, before digging into what's going on at Eastern Washington University, 
I had an assumption that college football was generally profitable for most schools. Um, I knew that other athletics, especially women's sports, uh, I'm a former soccer player, I, you know, close to my heart, but I know that generally most other sports besides the big, you know, basketball and football are not money makers for schools. But I thought college football was different. Um, but it turns out that's the profitability, the the big money. It's really only true of top programs, right? I mean, how small is the world of college football programs that actually make a lot of money for their schools? Um, making a lot of money and make make money are two different things. The definition of schools actually are two different things, too, um, because I went to I played basketball at a Division two school a long time ago, and uh, I doubt that we made money for our school. Um, but the school, not long after I graduated, start restarted a football program, which, you know, is, is really very expensive. And the thing of it is, from their standpoint, is uh, they wanted to use it as a recruiting tool. Um, and what are not in the numbers, and I don't know that you could actually get them in the numbers, is how many students come to a school uh, in part because of the sports program. I will tell you anecdotally that my own daughter, who is a junior in college right now, um, her the first thing she was looking for in a school was a great engineering school. But the second thing is she wanted a social life. She wanted to be able to go to games. She wanted to go have fun. And that's the reason why she chose Cal Poly over some other schools was because, you know, they had a, a full, robust sports program, um, even though she's not an athlete. Um, so, yes, it is true that the biggest schools make money off of football. But the hard, cold fact of it is that almost none of the other sports in the big schools exist if it if it were not for football. Yeah. So how does a school like EWU manage to decide whether a division one football program is quote worth it you know when you're looking at cold hard numbers at the bottom line of the budget and you see that the football program is running at a deficit you know folks who need to balance that sheet say hey the, this is where the cuts could come from how do you quantify these intangibles that football brings to a school you know, I really sympathize with the faculty members who are who are asking those questions because there really are good questions to ask. Here's some of the other questions that should be asked as well. Um, let me just give you some facts. Uh, the right now, college football around the country is organized in conferences. I don't know if conferences are going to last, but they're they're organizing conferences. Eastern Washington is in the Big Sky Conference, and there's 11 schools. I'm looking at uh, 2022 data. But of the 11 schools, they're all roughly the same size, except for Sacramento State and Northern Arizona, but everybody else is about the same size. Of those 11 schools, uh, the sports programs, nine of the 11 make money. Eastern Washington is the one that spends the least. And I will tell you as a business professor that if I'm looking at a business and, and you know I own a business and I've got 10 competitors and we all have about the same product and I'm the I'm the one who is you know is who is actually losing money I'm not looking to take my 
product off the shelf. I'm looking at something else. So I don't think it's necessarily the product. Hmm. I mean, tell me more about that, about your thinking, because you know the conversation is around whether to drop the Eagles down from Division One to Division Two. They would be competing locally, you know, more rather than with the Big Sky Conference. They'd be looking, you know, at competing in other uh, a smaller Division Two conference. Tell me more about how you would approach that decision from a business perspective, because it doesn't sound like it's in the cards to suddenly like beef up the program at EWU, right? Well, interestingly enough, Eastern Washington spends the least amount of money on sports uh, of any of the schools in the conference. And, and again, there's only two of them that aren't making money, uh, which is, is interesting. I mean, I'm not saying that they make a lot of money. And that's why, you know, from a business management standpoint, I'm looking at other things. Not, not that I'm looking at other things to cut. I'm looking at other things about the operations that say, okay, why are why can all of the rest of them do it, but we can't? Hmm. Uh, the games, of course, for college football have media deals. So with the Big Sky Conference, you're going to have networks paying to broadcast those games. We just saw a big battle for control over the Pac-12 and the kind of the sad remains of that conference now that a lot of teams have left. And much of what was going on there was over, you know, mismanagement of media deals and the money that schools could make in other conferences. I mean, how complicated does this stuff get because of all the different business interests that are involved with deciding what happens to a football program? You know, that's a great question because it doesn't have to be as complicated as what it is. I mean, essentially what you've got is is you, everybody has seen that television has changed. I mean, right now, um, well, when I grew up, gosh, this is one of those old things, but, but when I grew up, you know, if you were going to watch a football game on television, it would be on television. Now, I'm not watching it on television. I'm watching it on my phone, which is, you know, an inch from my face. And I may have two phones and I may have a television going and I may be watching three or four things at the same time. But it still is the sending of a signal of, of something uh, to uh, out. And so if it's going to be streaming, that's actually that's great because that's it's less expensive to do that. I mean, I can I can show you high schools around the country right now who are able to stream their sport events uh, for very little money. Um, and because they're able to do that, they're actually able to turn sports into a revenue positive as opposed to revenue negative, which mm. is, you know, you're in a really difficult for, well, like the big sky conference, they're all public schools, public universities. Uh, and so you can't expect the big sky conference to be able to demand um, a, a large ESPN deal. But mm. what you can expect them to do is to work within their schools to be able to, uh, you know, get a streaming deal. Um, now, is that going to make as much money? No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, we saw the Pac-12 try to go it alone with its own cable channel that people were supposed to subscribe to. It was a flop. They mismanaged that about as badly as they as possibly could be. And and I'm I'm not being critical of any one individual. It was, uh, well, you know, the the uh, critiques of individuals uh, from a management standpoint are are well documented out there with regard to that particular deal. I will say this. Uh, if Apple comes to you with a streaming deal, um, perhaps you might need to look down the future just a little bit. I mean, Apple's not a bad company to be a partner with. Yeah. 
So is it fair to say that college football these days, at least the big programs that produce top-level athletes, they're kind of like a testing ground for professional leagues. I mean, they're they're the testing ground for the NFL, like a minor league would be. I mean, is there a world in which the NFL should somehow be involved in helping programs and, and helping college football remain a robust and uh, a competitive league with parity between programs? I mean, I think that it long term, if a smaller program like EWU can't cut it, is it bad ultimately down the road for like the NFL? Not that the NFL is hurting, but um, what do you think about, you know, the, the idea that college football would actually become somewhat of a minor league for the NFL? Well, that's, you know, that really is the point. I mean, you know, should the NFL be contributing? They will tell you that they do um, because of the, the popularity of the game. At the same point in time, um, Ohio State, for example, uh, they made uh, $251 million in uh, sports revenue. That's sports, not football. But football probably brought in 90% of that, if not even more. Um, and their total expenses in sports were $225 million. So, you know, did they make a lot of money on a percentage basis? They didn't make a ton. But the fact that they were positive and the fact of, of all of the other uh, aspects that come to a university because of that. You know, and, the, and we could all name the schools that we believe would be the top 10 in terms of money. Interesting thing, though, University of Washington brought in about half of what Ohio State did in that same wow. year. Um, you know, some of that had to do with the, the difficulty with the previous football coach that they had to let go. And um, the I felt like that the athletic director at University of Washington, even though ultimately they lost money, I felt like she did a great job in uh, kind of reconfiguring things really pretty quickly. And she left the the new athletic director with a really good um really good place but, yeah she got scooped up by usc right yeah 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 she did uh really sad to see her go she's actually one of the best in the country now eastern washington is and a school that size has a, a much more difficult uh task in many ways because they they're just you know it's a school of about seven thousand students they're not going to go out and get a large tv deal uh, so I almost have to make that one themselves, kind of like what we've talked with streaming. What about the fact that we're talking about nonprofits here, like these state schools, especially? You think so? <laughs> I mean, allegedly, we're talking about schools, state schools, uh, public universities that are kind of operating these um, entities, quasi-independent, quasi-part of the university that really are operating as for-profit uh, entities. Like how difficult is that to kind of square that circle? And are there constraints on these athletic programs, on these football programs that wouldn't normally be there if they were just, you know, out there as a for-profit entity? Well, you see how much money the NFL makes. And the NFL would not ever participate in the, the business model of college football. Uh, because there's so much more that it has to do. But but college football was intended, you know, again, to be a game for the kids to play 
uh, and have fun. And, you know, it grew. And that happens. I mean, things do change. And now, uh, right now, there's a, there's many opportunities for a lot of people, but still less than uh, less than 5% of the people who play at the, the big, in the Power Five conferences right now, go and play in the pros. Um, yeah. And even professional NFL players, you know, the, the average career is less than five years. So, you know, it, it, is it something that we should look at from a societal standpoint? Yes. Is it something that we're likely to change to where the influence of money is diminished? I, I There's no way. It doesn't happen that way. Back to the Eastern Washington University and the tough decisions they're facing to balance their budget. You know, some faculty who are on these committees that are making the budget recommendations are arguing academics are the main focus of our university and we should protect the academic programs at all costs and really look at bumping the Eagles down to Division II, saving as much money as possible here at the football program. What's your response to that argument? My response is that I don't blame them for making the argument, but it's not realistic. Uh, the, the realistic side of it is that the position of the football coach in a, in a major university is essentially to put a really good enough product on the field uh, that it enables other administrators in the university to take advantage of that. Uh, I mean, you look at how much Nick Saban makes at the University of Alabama, $11 million plus. Uh, you look at uh, the football coach at the University of Washington, tremendous coach, loved by, you know, everybody. Uh, he makes, I think, around $4.2 million a year, and he has a $12 million buyout. I'll tell you this, as good as a teacher as I think I am, there's no way that the university is going to give me, uh, you know, the... That, that in order for me to get out of my contract, I got to uh, to give them twelve million dollars. Um, it's it's just the realism of our society. Uh, it's you know it's just like a movie, in many ways. It's entertainment. But but it sounds like you're saying that those salaries are justified because of the products that those coaches are able to produce for the school and the the profits that they bring in. Um, and I think for a school like Eastern, that's running at a deficit. Even though their their coach makes you know a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, much less than those top flight schools, um, the question is: If you're running at a deficit, how can you justify it at all? That's the that's the question, isn't it? And so, how do you fix it? Do you you know it it kind of goes back to that business example that I gave. If you are competing with uh, you know like companies with with similar products and everything roughly is the same, and you're not making money, but others are. Everything, just about everybody else is, then perhaps you have to look elsewhere than the product. Any final thoughts about what EWU is facing and what they should do in the face of a big budget hole? I mean, is the football program a sacred cow or should they look at potentially doing something drastic? As long what they need to be sure to do is to support activities, not just classes, but to support activities that students want. Because, you know, the competition is doing that very thing. And if you can't keep up with your competition, then uh, there are changes that need to be made. Does that throw out, does that say to you to throw out the product? And that's not what I'm seeing uh, from the numbers. The numbers don't say that. The numbers say something else.
Stan Emmert is the director of sports enterprise management at UW Tacoma's Milgard School of Business. Thank you very much for joining me, Stan. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to SoundSide. And hey, this show is only possible because listeners support us. If you are able to give right now, check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.